Welcome to another Spotify exclusive of Technically It Is Real. I am your host, Tyrell Jackson. Here on this show, you know how we do it. We keep it 100% real. So just sit back, relax, enjoy the show, grab that favorite drink or snack, because this is Technically It Is Real. Welcome to a Spotify exclusive of Technically It Is Real. I am your host, Tyrell Jackson. I am once again enjoy, uh, joined by Eugene. What's going on, Tyrell? Uh, doing not much, man. You know, it's a, it's a Thanksgiving week. Yeah, yeah. Let's relax. So due to it being a Thanksgiving week, we will not have a weekly show of Technically It Is Real on NorthCoastUnderground.com. We'll be right back on that December 4th. So we are going to do this Spotify exclusive and replace for that. And we are going to talk about three things here. Is the marriage between Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns done and over with? Let's talk about the AFC and the NFC. Let's just talk about the whole NFL playoff picture. Browns and Ravens is actually four things. And let's talk about why Buffalo Bills are inconsistent. So let's start off with the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield. Is their marriage done? It's not done yet. Why not? 18 million reasons why. 18 million reasons why. Yep. You, think, you think they're going to pay that, man? Um, I think. The problem is because we already picked up the fifth year option for him. Right. So that money is guaranteed next year. The problem is trying to find somebody that's willing to take that. Um, somebody that still believes in him, that still thinks that he is good enough, you know, to get a team to the playoffs. But the problem is the inconsistencies that we've been seeing for him from him throughout his career. Um, you know, his rookie season started off slow. Then took off in the second half. Second year, just bad season all around. Mm -hmm. Third year, starts off slow, takes off second half. This year, it's not taking off at all. Yeah, so just real inconsistent. Look, I was at that game against the Lions. It was a last-minute ticket that I got, Uh and I was at that game. Um, That crowd booed the living crap out of Baker Mayfield. And it wasn't just Baker Mayfield. It was really the entire offense. We were all frustrated because there was an instance where it was third and one, and we're like, okay, there's Chubb. And why are we running a play action pass? And then there, there's a holding call, and then there's a third and uh, now it's third and eleven. We don't get the first down. We start booing. We boo Baker every time because there were throws that Baker should have made. I don't think Baker should have played this game. I agree. It's the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Why do you have the highest paid quarterback on your team, backup quarterback at that, on the team in all of the league, and he is not playing? That, to me, that to me that's baffling. That is absolutely baffling. But I think that the marriage may not be completely over, but there is some thoughts of that new mistress. Yeah. Do you think? I agree. Um, they're for sure going to be looking um, in the offseason to see if they can replace him or upgrade. But if they can't upgrade, if that's not available, then they're just going to have to stick it out with them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, We was talking about that last week, about how how basically with, with, um, with Baker – and the Browns is like if you don't get one of the three that I was telling you about be- between Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, and Deshaun Watson, depending on his uh, legal situation, do you even try to go after another quarterback? Because this team is built to win a championship. I would. Um, I think uh, kind of like a dark horse option is like a Derek Carr with Vegas. Um, we don't know what's going to happen after this season, after seeing what happened to Harbaugh. Not Harbaugh, I'm sorry. Um, Gruden. Gruden. Yeah. And um, we have no idea what's going to happen with their GM. Um, so I would, you know, just kind of like keep an eye on that situation because yeah, he's sure. definitely an upgrade in my opinion. And he's not going to require a first-round pick. And if they're right. asking for a first-round pick, they're smoking something. Um, mm-hmm. But 
honestly, I would see if I can get him, and I would see if I can draft a developmental guy with your uh, first pick. Yeah, I I, I kind of agree with that. Like maybe you swap quarterbacks there. The only thing that kind of concerns me about about um Carr that concerned me about Baker was the cold weather element. You're playing this game in cold weather like two three months out of the year. Yeah, you know and. Can he play in that environment? Like, he played in California. He played for, at Fresno State. Then he went, got drafted by Oakland. That's all California weather. Then he goes to Las Vegas. It's domed, and it's Las Vegas. This is Cleveland. We get grapple as weather. We get we get snow. We get sleet. We get hail. We get rain. We get all these type of elements in a game, and it happens at a moment notice. This is not no retractable roof stadium. So when it comes down to it, with our strong running game, can Dari Carr make those throws in the wind? Because you're going to be throwing it in the wind off that lake. Yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So I, I think Derek Carr would be a small upgrade. I don't know how big of an upgrade it would be. Like, we've seen that he can play, but he's been in the league for seven years. We know who he is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it's also one of those things, like, do he need a change of scenery? Like, how everybody was saying about Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford needed a change of scenery and everything like that. And it's worked out so far. But I think with with the Stafford thing, it's only going to go so far. I don't think Stafford's going to lead the Rams to the Super Bowl. And I bring that up because I think the same thing with Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr would be a much bigger upgrade to the offense and how the offense is ran. But do I think Derek Carr is going to win us a Super Bowl or lead us to a Super Bowl? No. I think my best bet, and this would be crazy, but they wouldn't take Baker and that's be the only downside. My best bet would probably be Jimmy Garoppolo. Like – they have an offensive line that can protect Jimmy G. They have a a running game where the 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 um the basically the game is not on Jimmy Garoppolo. And Jimmy Garoppolo has led a team to a Super Bowl. And if you think about it, like Garoppolo's one overthrown pass and the defense collapse away from having a Super Bowl ring and Patrick Mahomes still not having one, if you really think about it. So I mean, those are my thoughts on that. But he shouldn't be playing. I agree with you on that. Jimmy Garoppolo is a, a nice, uh, you know, plan B. I think the only problem with that situation is we have to see whether San Francisco, San Francisco is ready to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. I think San Francisco is ready to move on from date since, since they drafted Lance. Once they drafted Lance, it told me that they was ready to move on. I think the reason why they have not put Lance in there yet is because they're playing Jimmy Garoppolo so much money. Like, I think money is coming down to it, but they're going to eventually play Lance this year, like outside of an injury or whatever maybe. I think Lance will get a starting opportunity at some point this year because, like, you can't just sit there and have your third overall draft pick on the bench and then also have a guy who you're paying $22, 23000000 million a year sitting on the bench as well. They put themselves – like, San Francisco is going to put themselves in this pickle on purpose because Shanahan didn't believe that – you know, Jimmy G can lead the team anymore or whatever the hell it was. But, like, you, you should have waited. I know Jimmy G has, has the injury issues or whatever it may be, but I'm not, I don't, I was never impressed by San Francisco offense line anyway. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, um, I, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think that there are options to be made. I think the Browns do need to make a move at quarterback. It needs to be a veteran quarterback, a veteran quarterback who can lead us to the Super Bowl. Case Keenum, not it. I don't think Baker is. Um, I think we all have to live with that. And that brings me to this game with the Baltimore Ravens. What do we do against Baltimore? Run the football. 
Run I the mean, football. run the football. I mean, you can't rely on Baker right now. He's inaccurate. He's not seeing the field entirely. He's uh, not confident in his in his what he's seeing out there. Um, he's double clutching still, even with Odell being gone. Like it's, it's just not there mentally for him. So I agree. Um, I think his whole confidence is gone. Yeah, like right now and then. You know, him coming out and saying, well, that's the same crowd that's not quiet when we're on offense and this and that. No, that, that, I was there at that game. I was there. That crowd was pretty quiet on offense. <laughs> we was just mad that you missing throws because the crowd was pretty much quiet on offense. Maybe he hearing a few people down below. But where I was, I was sitting up pretty hot. But, you know, sound rises. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, it was it was. You know, relatively quiet. I mean, it's a stadium. People are chattering and talking, whatever it may be. It's a stadium. There's going to be noise no matter what. But, like, when we was on defense and it got to third down and fourth down, like, we was loud. We was banging seats and everything. Like, it was thunderous in there when it came to defense. So, for him to sit back and be like, well, fans really don't know how to uh, act when we're on offense or whatever it may be, I think that's a load of bull because I've heard it. I I was right there. You know what I'm saying? I think he's just salty because he was getting booed. So bad, and, yeah. and it showed. He didn't talk to nobody. He didn't stay around to shake anybody's hands. He got booed yeah. off the field multiple times, and we didn't boo him when he was getting on the field. We booed him when he was getting off the field. That's the crazy part. Like some quarterbacks, when you get booed coming off the field, when you come on the field, you get booed coming on the field. And I think he needs to realize, like it wasn't just him. Like I think it wasn't just him. I think it was just how the offense was running, how we were playing against Detroit because we're a far superior team on paper against Detroit. But I've always had this motto about any NFL game. No matter what you say on paper, no matter what you predict, no matter what's going on, when that ball is kicked off, it is a 50-50 game. Yep. It is just like a coin toss. Yep. And like that video that I showed you like off off of here, like there's a problem with Stefanski as well. Yeah. Like, it's not just Baker. This is, like, this goes deeper than that. This is the offense, the scheme. This is Alex Van Pelt. This is all that. And we don't necessarily have, like, a a top-notch QB coach for Baker as well. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's it's not just Baker. And we're not blaming Baker in regards to the ineptitude. Yeah, he's the face of the offense. But it's not just him. It it goes deeper than that. I I think it does go deeper than that. But like I said, is is Baker's the face? Uh, like I said, being the quarterback of, of of any team is like being the man of the house. Yeah. Everything is your fault, and nothing is is credited to you in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The kids are acting right. Everybody gonna say what well, the mother's doing a great job. If the kids messed up, the first thing they blurt out is where the father at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that's that's kind of the same thing with 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 Baker, like. But it's just one of those things where he's also facing against his peers. Like yeah. you have you have Joe Burrow. Even though Baker's three and zero against Joe Burrow, you still got Joe Burrow making plays. You see how he ran that offense against the Raiders. You got Lamar Jackson, who is a game changer. He's on pace of throwing for over forty five hundred yards and still rushing for a thousand. Uh, you got Josh Allen. You got Justin Herbert. Uh, you you got all these guys like in your company. You got Ryan Tannehill. I'll put Ryan Tannehill up there as a top ten quarterback right now. Right. You got all these upper echelon you know players quarterbacks who you expecting to get paid just like them. Yep. And you got Lamar Jackson who got his contract extension and you got Josh Allen who got their contract contract extension and you the first overall pick and where is yours? Yep. And, and you, you asking for 40 million dollars and this is I how you, you this is how you react into adversity? Right. I mean that's that's what I'm saying like both Buffalo and and Baltimore 
picked up their fifth-year options on their quarterbacks and still signed them to multi-year extensions. I think when you look at that and you see what how Baker's playing and the fact that Andrew Barry has sat back and secured our offensive line, secured our running backs, secured our defense before he even secured the quarterback, that tells me everything that I need to know about what Andrew Barry is thinking about Baker Mayfield. Because if Andrew Barry truly believed Baker Mayfield, he would have paid Baker first, then Chubb, then Petonio, then Teller. In that order. He would have paid those guys first. Now, all those guys are paid, and where the hell is Baker? He's still sitting there on his rookie contract. So that brings me to this game against the Baltimore Ravens. How big on the scale of 1 through 10 is this game for you against the Ravens? This is a 10. Not, not even a 10. This is a 15 because this is going to make or break your, your season and your, your chances to make the playoffs. Mm. Like, you have to win this game. Um, you literally probably have to go 4-2 and two for the rest of the season. And I honestly don't see it happening. Um, the defense is – Jekyll and Hyde, and you got Baker. Is yeah. just he's just not playing very good football. And right. Stefanski's play calling is shoddy. Is shoddy, very shoddy. So yeah, and and Lamar is going to be back. Like exactly. is to me, there's no doubt in my mind Lamar is going to be back. My problem is is that the fact that we play Baltimore, we're on a bye week, then we play Baltimore again. Like who the hell scheduled that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think worst case scenario, you split with Baltimore, but. The crazy part about it is we're talking about the Browns like we're completely out of it. Yes, everything is important, everything, but we're sitting fourth in our division, but we're six and five. Pittsburgh is five, four, and one. Cincinnati six and four. Baltimore is seven and three. They really should be six and four, but thank you, Chicago, for blowing everything for us again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and, and right now, if, if the season ended, Baltimore would be sitting at the two position playing against the Buffalo Bills at seven because New England has sole possession of, of uh, the AFC East. So looking at the playoffs, I'm looking at this playoff picture, right? Yeah. And I'm going to read you on the AFC side what would happen if the season ended now. Tennessee would have the first round bye. Then Baltimore would face Buffalo because Baltimore would be the two seed. Buffalo would be seven. New England and Chargers, we get that epic rematch. And then we get Kansas City versus Cincinnati, four and five. Out of those teams that I said in the AFC, who do you think is more likely not to make the playoffs? Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Why do you think Cincinnati? Um, I still question their coaching. Um, I was never really a believer in Zach. Was it Zach Taylor, their head coach? Yeah. I was never really a believer in him. It's basically Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase carrying that team. Uh, defense has stepped up this year, and they've been playing really good football, uh, especially behind those two safeties. Mm-hmm. Um, signing Trey Hendrickson, actually a guy that I wanted the Browns to sign in free agency. And he's been balling. Yeah. He's been balling. For um, sure. And then you got Ogan Joby. He's finally playing in the right position uh, with Cincinnati. He was Cincinnati. playing in the right position when he was here. The problem is, is that they was barely playing him. He was miscast in our defense, yeah. um, which seems to be a common theme with Joe Woods. But the the biggest thing is just the um, – they don't have the experience. Uh, they're still barely new. Zach Taylor has been coaching Cincinnati for, what, three – Three four, three, three, four years, something like yeah, that. Like he's he's the immediate successor to Marvin yeah, Lewis. He's like wet behind the ears. Um yeah. and I, I just kind of feel like uh it's between them and the Chargers, and I feel like the Chargers have more talent mm-hmm. than Cincinnati. So I would say Cincinnati. You'll say Cincinnati. Now I'm gonna give you the first three teams that be that, that are in position in the hunt. Pittsburgh Steelers, Indianapolis Colts, and our Cleveland Browns. If Cincinnati's out, who 
replaces Cincinnati out of those three? I would say Indianapolis Colts. They seem really? to be the hottest right now, and they're hot at the right time, which is basically what happened with the Browns last year. They mm-hmm. got hot at the right time, and they just caught fire. And the Colts, despite the fact that Carson Wentz has had kind of like an up-and-down season, he seems to be catching on right now. Mm-hmm. And – they really need that out of him. Um, he's starting to look a little bit more like the Carson Wentz that was in Philadelphia earlier mm-hmm. in his career, and that's kind of what they were missing. And don't forget, they already had a, a very talented defense. Right, right. So, I sit back and say this about uh, about what you say. I think Cincinnati um, is more likely to miss the playoffs. I think they have the smallest glimmer of making the playoffs, especially if Pittsburgh bottoms out. Um, I, I think – I think slightly, you know what I'm saying? If, if anybody, I would sit back and say, um, as we're talking right now, I would sit back and say is Los Angeles because now we're getting to the deeper end. And Los Angeles, they the Chargers, they got a history of being rocky in December and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I like the Colts in a sense of they're hot now. What I don't like about the Colts is their quality of wins. Like, that's what I don't like. I mean, granted, a win is a win. But you look at their their like their last wins. Like Buffalo was the biggest win they had, and they absolutely dominated the Buffalo Bills. But outside of that, Jacksonville Jets, uh, San Francisco, San Francisco, who was a bad team, the Houston Texans, Miami Dolphins, those are their wins. So outside of Buffalo, and including where where like San Francisco's catching on now, but where San Francisco was sitting at when they played them, they weren't the same team. Like I, I look at the Colts. They lost against the Titans They twice. They lost against the Rams. They lost against Seattle. I, I look at that. I look at teams that can actually compete with them and can actually match them at their level, and I don't see the same Colts team. Like, yes, they did put Tennessee in a position to almost lose a game, but the Colts, not only did they coach shoot themselves in the foot at the end of the day, but the Titans almost shot themselves in the foot twice yeah. in that game. You know what I'm saying? And And when you look at that, when I look at that, I, I just I don't see it. Like even if they make the playoffs, I think they're one and done, like they were last year. I, mean, I think they're they're um I think they were a better team last year than they are this year. That's just my opinion. I know some people say no, they're a better team this year because Jonathan Taylor's there and is that in third. No, I think they were a better team last year. Now with Wentz looking good, like he did during his MVP campaign, that almost happened if it wasn't for the torn ACL uh, in Philadelphia where they end up winning a Super Bowl. You got to remember who is this offensive coordinator. The head coach. The head coach. I expected Wentz to ball out, and it took him a slow start because he got to get reacclimated to that offense. But I do like the fact that he's reacclimated. He looks good. And people say, "Oh, well, Wentz is playing bad." Wentz is playing bad. He has 18 touchdowns to three interceptions and over 2,300 yards of passing, and he's been playing pretty good all year long. You know what I'm saying? It's just that sometimes he make a decision that come and bite them in the ass. You know, towards the end of the game. So I mean, that's just outside of that, but. I think Pittsburgh makes it over Cincinnati. I think Pittsburgh's offensive line, they're still inexperienced, but they're getting better. They relying on their running game. Their defense is actually what's going to carry them into the playoffs. Their defense is the reason why they're 5-4-1, if you really ask me. Uh, I'm not sold on our Browns yet. I'm just not. I mean, there's, there's a chance there, but I'm just not sold there. And I just not. That's just my personal opinion. I just don't think we're sold there. Uh, if you look at the NFC, if the season ended today, Arizona be, get the first round by. Packers would face the Saints, Buccaneers, Vikings, Dallas, and the Rams will play each other. Out of the NFC, who don't make it? Let's say that again. So, Packers. Packers. 
at two versus Saints. Uh-huh. Buccaneers versus Minnesota. Dallas and the Rams. And Arizona has the one seed. Out of those teams, who does not make the playoffs? Um, I'm going to say it's between the Saints and the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. And I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings as making it and the Saints being knocked off because of the fact that their quarterback situation is pretty much – it's bad. Yeah, it is. You're relying on Trevor Simeon right now. Yeah, Eli um, and Peyton Man is adopted brother. Yeah, like <laughs> – I. And you got Alvin Kamara, who's been out the last two weeks. Like, it's not pretty. You don't really have a top-flight wide receiver. Your defenses struggled the last two weeks as well. Like, it's not pretty in New Orleans. And No, it's not. I, so, uh, I'm going to say they're out. Well, I'm trying to figure out why they're paying Taysom Hill that much money. Just yeah. Just barely be on the field or to be gadget plays or whatever it may be. I think it wouldn't hurt for them to play him, but I get why because I think he'll make an extra, I think it was like an extra like $10, 20000000 million dollars. If he could primarily play quarterback, which again comes down to money. Yeah. Um, for me, I agree with you. I think the Saints is probably the least likely team to get into the playoffs. But the Saints to me is like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like their defense is carrying them. Their coaching is carrying them. You got two of the finest coaches in Mike Tomlin and Sean Payton. Definitely. Um Minnesota, I like Minnesota a lot. And I will sit back and say this about Minnesota. There's two things I would say. Actually, there really just two things that I would sit back and say about Minnesota. One, Minnesota is a team you do not want to face in the playoffs. I think Minnesota is strong enough to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get caught sleeping. Yeah. But if they don't make the playoffs, they need to let Mike Zimmer go because I think Mike Zimmer is holding back everybody in that in that organization just as much. And I will say this now, just as much as Mike McCarthy is holding everybody back in Dallas. Like, Minnesota is a better team than 5-5. Five and five. Minnesota is the Cleveland Browns. Minnesota is the Cleveland Browns. Inconsistent play by the quarterbacks. Now, the only difference is it's two great wide receivers on the on, on outside, Thielen and Justin Jefferson, and they got a good run game. But if you really think about it, we got Jarvis Landry, our number one wide receiver, and we got two running backs. So you're just flipping and flopping. Great defense, but defense can be inconsistent and a lot of bad luck. If you look at the Minnesota Vikings, you look at the Cleveland Browns. They even played each other. It just showed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, injuries. Injuries and stuff like that. But I look at the I look at the first three teams underneath the Saints. You got the San Francisco 49ers who's catching fire, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Carolina Panthers. I'm sorry. I don't see none of these teams making it. I don't see Carolina making it. I don't see Philadelphia making it. Maybe San Francisco. But I feel like San Francisco is going to bottom out again because I think it's just hot and cold, hot and cold. You know what I'm saying? That that's just my opinion. You can definitely make a case for San Francisco. Um, especially the way that they played against the Rams. Like that was vintage San Francisco. That was San Francisco that led them to the Super Bowl. Like that's how they played. So they got five straight wins over the Rams. Like they look like a Super Bowl team when they play the Rams, and then they look up and down against everybody else. I don't know why that is, but it is what it is. Um, but I, I just that's what I'm saying. Like I think San Francisco's too inconsistent, but I also think Minnesota and New Orleans is too inconsistent. So, for me, it wouldn't surprise me if Washington just sneaks up and takes one of those playoff spots. Really? It, it doesn't surprise me because Washington, for me, is, is like one good running game away from – because they rely too much on Taylor Honeke. I think they're one good running game away from taking that pressure off him. And I think Taylor Honeke is an excellent quarterback. I think he's better than a career backup. I think he's a franchise quarterback. I don't, really? I don't know if he's a – 
Super Bowl quarterback or not, but his energy, his tenacity, his toughness, the way he puts the ball in his receiver's hands with the lack of talent he has at receiver, I think he's a future a future franchise quarterback. I think he is the franchise quarterback for the for the football team. I honestly believe that. I wow. like Haneke a lot. He, 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 look what he does against Tom Brady. Look what he does against Tom Brady. Look what he does against Aaron Rodgers. He puts his team in position to win games. Even when the team don't put him in position to win games, he at least puts his team in position. That team was in a better position with a better defense, a better offensive line, and a better running game than what they have now. They will be a playoff team, no doubt in my mind. I would sit back and say this. If you put Taylor Heineke on the Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Browns will have a better record. Wow. Hot That's take. how much I, I am of a fan of Taylor Henneke. That is how much a fan I am of his. If you can make a comparison, who would you say he reminds you of? He reminds me, mm, you know, he reminds me of uh, of early Rodgers. Okay. Like early, like when, when Rodgers didn't have to sit behind Brett Favre no more and Rodgers was, was like, kind of playing conservative but a little aggressive to here and there. And it was like the same thing where Rodgers would put his team in position to win, but it wasn't being reciprocated the same way those first year and a half or whatever it may be. Okay. So I, I I give him that. He's he's mobile but not a running quarterback. You know what I'm saying? He has good footwork. He doesn't double clutch. He doesn't he doesn't get hesitant and starts panicking all over the field. Like he's calm, cool, collected, and his team rallies around him. And they really rallied around him when he unexpectedly started that playoff game. Once he started that playoff game, went toe-to-toe with Tom Brady, was was out there not giving up, pumping his team up, and was just sitting there in the pocket, taking hits, making good throws. That, to me, showed he was the franchise quarterback right then and there. Everybody loved him. This ain't no Mike White thing where it's a one-time thing and everybody make memes of it, whatever it may be. I think they found their franchise quarterback. And if I was Ron Rivera, I'd be building my team around Tyler Haneke. Wow. I really would. Now, I could be completely wrong about this. He could bottom out and start stinking up the whole field. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he plays too damn good. I think he has too much tenacity. I think he has too much toughness. And I damn sure think his leadership is way better than for him to bottom out. That is completely 110%. So if anybody can just sneak up out of nowhere, it's definitely watched him because of their quarterback play. He's their best quarterback. I think, though, I I agree with you. Um, But I think the only thing that's going to hold them back from being able to do that is their defense this year is not the same like it was last year. Their defense was basically you could compare them to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They could carry the team into the playoffs. But this year, their defense is struggling. They lost Chase Young for the year. Mm -hmm. Like, I I can't see it happening because of that alone. And I I agree with you. Like, even last year when they did sneak up into the playoffs, Mm I predicted that they would because of the fact that they were their able division to, was horrible. Yeah, and their defense was just nasty. Yeah, it's just. But I think they do lose that 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 swagger, that edge uh, with with losing um with losing Chase Young. I think that was unfortunate, and it's so crazy because like if you think about it, really sit here and think about it. You had the first overall pick last year go down with a torn ACL against the football team, and you had the second overall pick in last year's draft. Players for the Washington football team go down with the exact same injury. Yeah. A year later. Yeah. To me, that is coincidence. I don't know. (laughs) But I do know one thing. If they sneak in, if their defense tightens up, they get a little bit more production out of Gibson, 
I think Heineke can lead them to the playoffs. He already has he's, – he's 10 yards away from 2,400 yards this year. He has 15 touchdowns, nine interceptions. You need to cut down on turnovers a little bit. But overall, I am a huge fan of his, like a huge fan. I might actually go buy a jersey. Like, <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like him, Newton, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm a huge <laughs> fan of theirs. What I'm not a fan of is Buffalo's inconsistencies. Ooh. What the hell is going on? Oh, man. Um, One minute, they look like the team that I expect to win the Super Bowl. The next, they look like dog water crap. <laughs> like, they look like that water that, you know, that, that that's in your dog's bowl, and it's just been sitting there for over a week and a half, and it's just all that saliva just covering up the rim and stuff. Like, that's what they look like sometimes. Oh, and it's just like, yo, what is going on? And you would think, you know, with Brian Dable being a hot commodity to get a head coaching job or whatever it may be, like, I thought this offense would be better. One minute they put up 40-some points, and then the next week they put up six points against Jacksonville, then they put up 40 points, and then they put up 15 against the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> they like Jonathan Taylor, which Jonathan Taylor's a fine running back. But this is supposed to be one of the best run defenses in the league. It's actually supposed to be the best run defense in the league, matter of fact, in my opinion. What the hell is going on? What do you think is going on over there? In my opinion, I feel like they have not made any adjustments. They've been relying on Josh Allen for, what, was it now two, three years now? Yeah, since he's gotten better and, and, and playing at an MVP caliber. Exactly, yeah. and they kind of, like, shied away from focusing on getting a premier back and focusing on running the football because one thing you got to think about is once you get into the playoffs, like, you have to be able to run the football. You can't just be strictly focused on throwing the ball all the time. Yes. The league has changed, and you do have a lot of, you know, top-notch quarterbacks that can sling it, and you got a lot of top-notch wide receivers out there. Um, but you got to be able to run the ball. Oh, no, no doubt, because you know what? Like, especially with you playing in Buffalo, you got to run that football. Yeah. You know, you, you, like, Buffalo, like, I've always liked Buffalo because Buffalo is our Lake Erie brother. You know what I'm saying? They get the, they deal with the – they actually deal with worse weather sometimes. Uh, than us, but like their fans are the same than ours. They're very passionate, very loyal. And if you think about their timeline of becoming perennial laugh, uh, laughing stock to a perennial winners and Super Bowl contenders, their timeline matches up with ours. They're a little bit, a little bit of year difference here and there, but overall, like their whole timeline matches with ours. Multiple owners, general managers, coaches, quarterbacks, everything, and it all lined up. Like if it wasn't for the Browns, it'd be the Bills being the laughing stock of the league. Yeah. Um. So when when I look at the Buffalo Bills, I've always got a special place for them in my heart because their fans are just like us. They share that weather right off of Lake Erie. Uh, they're diehard fans. They they deserve a Super Bowl ring. Um, you know they dealt with a lot of crap around the same time we dealt with crap, and I cheer for them. I root for them every single time, but except for when they play the Cleveland Browns. Um, I, I just don't know. Like Diggs is not the same this year. Uh, Josh Allen is not the same this year. Um, like, I don't know. Like, Devin Singletary, definitely not the same. This year. He only has two rushing touchdowns this year. Yeah, teams are definitely adjusting. It's just kind of like with uh, Kansas City. And Tyreek Hill, Kelsey. Right. Now, Kansas City's starting to make those adjustments, too. Mm-hmm. And then it also helps with Kansas City getting Frank Clark and, 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 and Chandler back and everything like that. But I look at Buffalo. They got two big games. Really got three. They got that, they got that Tampa game. Yeah. They play the Patriots twice in December. Those are going to be the Ooh. two biggest games 
of the entire season for both of those teams. The fact that the Patriots are back. Didn't I tell you last week the Patriots is back? Yeah. They haven't allowed a touchdown in seven quarters. Yeah. And I know the Browns and the Falcons, you know, fuck all that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, this is Spotify. This ain't North Coast Underground, so I can't curse a little bit. So, like, I, I just look at, the, at this schedule for the Bills, and I look at the Patriots' schedule. Like, I look at the Patriots' schedule, and I'm looking, and they got – they got Buffalo twice. Like I said, they got the Colts. I think they I think they take care of the Colts. I think they take care of the Colts. And then they got Jacksonville to Miami. They got Jacksonville and Miami. They should walk the floor off of Jacksonville. Yeah. Miami might be a little tough. I love how Miami's coach is just, man, they got off to a bad start. I they're starting to they're starting to gain. But Brian Flores, I love that dude. Love that dude Brian Flores. Like if he gets fired from Miami, it ain't his fault. He'll he will be picked up within a matter of two days. He will be picked up by somebody. Hell, the Browns might fire Stefanski. It'll get Flores, but yeah. but like Flores is like if Flores get fired for whatever reason in Miami, dude, somebody's gonna pick him up. I for can sure. see New England and Bill Belichick trying to bring him back. Oh no, he gonna take a head coach job. Oh yeah, <laughs> nah, he ain't he ain't going back to being DC. He gonna he gonna take a head coach job, and if he take a head coach job, he better take that Raiders job. Yeah. Yeah. He, I think he'll whip them boys up in shape. But then I look, like I said, I look at, I look at Buffalo. They're gonna have a tough pony against Tampa. Like this is a bad time for them to be playing Tampa. This is a bad time for them to be playing the Patriots twice. They got Carolina. Carolina is, you know, they they're rocky, but they can beat you. You know, it's not a walk in the park. Like their next walk in the park is the Jets. You know what I'm saying? But they keep being inconsistent like this. I see them losing both games against the Patriots. Yeah, um, I could see them losing both games. Also, they just, I mean, because Bill Belichick is just gonna. Expose him even He's more. The guilt. Yeah, it's called the go for a reason. Greatest of all time. You can't, you can't tell me who better than Bill Belichick. I mean, still people saying Paul Brown, but we weren't around during that I, time. I wasn't around with Paul Brown. And you know what I'm saying? But Paul, different see, age. You can too. say Paul Brown because, and Bill Belichick will tell you this. Paul Brown, a lot of things that they do now, especially like off the field with the practices and the OTAs and in the film sessions and the and the in the board, you know, the drawing of the players on the board and the radios and the headset and the face masks, that was all Paul Brown. Yeah. Like Paul Brown transcended oh. this whole damn game. And I've always said this, Paul Brown is responsible for two organizations being in the league right now. Yes. So and well and Art Modell too. Yeah. Actually Art Modell's responsible for three. So um <laughs> no he is. The Ravens, us and um and uh and Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. He's responsible for all three. Yeah. So, I mean, you know. And he's I, also the only owner in NFL history to lose two franchises. Yeah, because, you know, business decisions are well, that's top notch. His negotiating day. deals are fantastic. Yeah, give him that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? With a lot of these TV deals wouldn't wouldn't be here if it was for our model. That's why I've, as a Browns fan, I've always been an advocate of putting him in the, in the Hall of Fame. Really? What, what he's contributed, and I've had this debate on this show before. What he's contribute to the NFL, what we have now, especially with these TV deals, yes, no doubt about it. He's the first. He was the first owner who, during the AFL NFL merger, it was not about to happen. It was going to fall through because um, because Pete Rozelle needed three teams to move over to the AFL side to make the AFC conference. Nobody budged but Art Modell. Then Pittsburgh and Baltimore came joining. There is no Monday Night Football without Art Modell. There is none. There's a reason why the Browns played on the first Monday Night Football game. We were a popular team. It was it was it was Art Modell's team, 
And Art Modell came from TV. He knew all the executives. He knew how to get the NFL on TV and get his more exposure. Like, the NFL was kind of already there, but he took that to the next level. Without Art Modell, it would take the NFL a lot slower to get that exposure. Like, they accelerated because of Art Modell and his ability to get into TV where the NFL was trying to get to, to so desperately for years, for decades, they was trying to. Yeah, I remember, like, before, I, hell, I would sit back and say before 1975, college football was bigger than, than the NFL. Yeah, College football was bigger than any professional sport for, for outside of baseball. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So everybody say, oh, the 1958 championship game is is the changing of the tide. Yeah, that started to change a little bit. But when Modell got into ownership and started saying, hey, I can get those deals that you've been wanting. I can get you those deals. He said, I'm going to get you them. He got them that. He told the executives, hey, you put the Cleveland Browns on against the Jets, you could draw big ratings. He was right about that because the Browns and the Jets were the two most popular teams. We don't think about them like that now. Yeah. But back in 1970, they were the two of the biggest popular teams in the league. You had Broadway Joe, you had the Cleveland Browns of the 60s, you know, and everything like that. Yeah. So without all of that, without all of that, it, to me, the league don't accelerate as fast. Matter of fact, the AFL-NFL merger probably falls through, and we have a whole different NFL now because yeah. nobody was budging Nobody wanted to go over there. Nobody. Yeah. And our model, somebody said, I'll do it. For the betterment of this league, I'll go over there and do it. You know what I'm saying? So, for me, just his contribute to the league, to professional football, and what we now get and what we now see, yes, there, to me, it's a no-brainer. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. The reason why he's not is because, you know, we're, we're bitter and salty. I mean, I'm still bitter and salty about it, and I wasn't <laughs> even born. You know, I was I was still I was still, you know, swimming in my inside my father, you know, in 1995, you know what I'm saying? Um, but like, I mean, that's just how it that's just how the cookie crumbles. Yeah, yeah. It's it's time it's time. It's time. Yes, he sucked as an owner as far as keeping money and everything like that. Yes, he went behind our backs and 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 talked to Maryland behind our backs and everything. Yes, he did that. Yes, he got a lot of bad with the good. But man, I sit back and say this: as far as a league-wide thing, the good outweighs the bad. Yeah, it really, really do. That was just an off-topic thing. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, honestly, I don't, I don't know. I'm still, you know, you make some really good points about that. But you know, me being biased, a Browns right. fan, like you, basically took a Hall of Fame coaching staff. With, you know, some – it was a pretty good team at the time. They were still competing for the playoffs. But you basically just, like, put a franchise apart. back by, what, how many years is it now? Mm-hmm. Like, you set us back how many years by what you did? Like, to me, to me, and we can be – like, their first Ravens Super Bowl win – yeah, we absolutely have a right to be better because a lot of those players are on that Browns team. Exactly. You know, so we have a the second one. Uh, okay, you know, it's, it's deep in. Like to me, it's like we can we can put as much as that on Modell as we want to, and you know, for some fans or whatever, maybe they have the right to. But at some point, like I've always said, it's just like somebody who ain't got their life together and they start blaming everybody. At some point, you got to look at the mirror. You got to look in the mirror and look at yourself, and. For 23, 24, 25, however the hell long we've been back. 23 years, right? 23? 23. 23 years. First five, okay, you can you can blame people. All right, come on. Now we got Butch Davis, then we had Romeo Cornell, then we had Eric Mangini, then we had Pat Shermer, then we had Rob Chazinski, then we had Mike Patton, then we had Hugh Jackson, then we had Freddie Spaghetti Kitchens. At some point, that's not Art Modell. 
That's not our mode. That's the Cleveland Browns being the Cleveland fucking Browns. I mean, it really is. To me, Art Modell, you won that first Super Bowl. That was our Super Bowl. That second one, oh, who gives a shit? You know, that, that damn Super Bowl was a fluke. That was set up to get Ray Lewis a, a, a ride out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. Joe Flacco becoming elite all of a sudden. Yeah. The cornerback being 10 yards away from the ball when you're a professional cornerback. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Ray Lewis wasn't even supposed to play in that whole playoffs. He injecting stuff. And what the hell? So, like, my counter argument with that is, like, we had no control over who our next owner was going to be. And, you know, the owner that we did get, he ended up passing away. Right. And the team went to his son who did, did not, not care. care whatsoever. So majority of that time, like, we were pretty much in <laughs> purgatory. Yeah, we were. <laughs> and, and and here's here's the thing a lot of people don't realize. Here's the thing a lot of people don't realize about Al Lerner. And a lot of people love Al Lerner and everything like that. People don't realize Al Lerner helped Art Modell move to Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people forget that. Like, he wholeheartedly was like, yo, I'm going to help you move to Baltimore. And I don't know if he did that so he can get the Browns and whatever. You know it was. You know it was. Right, right, right. <laughs> but it is like, yo, he he wholeheartedly was like, yeah, I'm going I'm to I'm I'm move. I'm going to move him out so I can come in. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and Al Lerner's death came unexpected. Like, it really did. Yeah. And that was the downside of the Browns as well because – like Randy Lerner had to keep the team for 10 years after yeah. his father's death. It was in the contract. And if you notice, as soon as that 10 years was up, he was like, he was gone, gone, gone. And then we get a, uh, uh, we get an owner that comes from the Pittsburgh organization yeah. and, and tries to do it that way. And Jerry yeah. Jones way. But you know, I've always, I've always said this about, uh, about Jimmy and D Haslam. Um, they may not be right all the time and everything like that. And we may be mad at them, but maybe this is a little bit of Stockholm syndrome, whatever it may be. But man, he's a miles ahead of Lerner. He's miles ahead of Randy Lerner. Like miles ahead. At least he cares. At least he shows he cares. Yeah. He fought the FBI to keep this team. Yeah. So he cares about his investment. And you can see that there is care and passion about the Cleveland Browns with them. They're at every game, home, away, whatever it may be. They're at every game. You can even see I, I, the only time you saw Randy Lerner was on a stupid-ass golf court cart <laughs> in Berea in the first week of fucking August when training camp barely started. That's the only time you saw that motherfucker. Outside of that, you ain't see him. Yeah, he cared more about him. the soccer team. Yeah, and then his soccer team folded. Yeah, he lost that. <laughs> Come on, now. Talk, talk about karma. <laughs> Come on, now. But I, you know, a lot of fans over the years have complained uh, a lot about Haslam. But, like, honestly, like, I love Haslam. I love the fact that he does care. Right. Like we went how many years where we had an owner that did didn't, not care. Yeah, now didn't give he a shit. ain't completely out of out of the water. You know what I'm For saying? Sure. He, you know he listened to a, to to some dude on the street about Johnny Manziel, and oh, he had the connection man. with Johnny Manziel, and you know he was trying to get into conversations and trying to make decisions based off of conversations with others. But he always had effort. Like even when he like even before the the transition was official. He was talking to other NFL owners, maybe the wrong ones, yeah. but he was still talking to NFL owners of what to do, who he should hire, who's the best people to put in for the job. Now, obviously, it was wrong, yeah. and it was wrong again, and it was wrong again. Yeah. But it's, it's, to me, it's like it's like a child yeah. learning how to ride the bicycle. Exactly. At some point, you're going to get it. Some people, some kids get it immediately. Yeah. Some kids get like Jerry Jones got it immediately. Yeah. Like Jerry Jones hired Jimmy Johnson and they did all this thing and they did the Herschel Walker trade happen and they created the draft chart where draft picks, how much draft picks are worth. And he went to three Super Bowls, three, four Super Bowls in, in his first 10 years and everything like that. Yeah. 
And now look where Jerry Jones at. Then he let his he let his ego get in the way. People go, oh, Jimmy Haslam's this, Jimmy. Jimmy Haslam tried to take a hands-off approach at first. So I don't blame the man when he sit back and does a hands-on approach because he tried. He hired Joe Banner. We saw how that went. Hired Joe Banner, Mike Tannenbaum. We saw how that went. We saw how it went when, when he hired John Dorsey. He really didn't listen to nobody with John Dorsey. And John Dorsey did set us up for success or whatever it may be. But come on now. He got fired from miscommunication with everybody else in the organization in Kansas City. You didn't think the same thing was going to happen here? Yeah. And the exact same thing happened here. He listened to Baker Mayfield about getting the spaghetti here and everything like that. Yeah. But you know what? It, to me, they care. They have passion. They show passion. They hear every step away. They do stuff for the community. And to me, it's not one of those, hey, we're just doing it for an investment. I think that's a part of it. But I think it's genuine care for the Cleveland Browns, for the city of Cleveland. And I think everybody's main goal in that building, right? however they do it, whether it's right or wrong, is to bring a championship to Cleveland. You saw how this city acted when the Cavaliers won. Ooh, I've always said this. This city will burn down to the ground. Key Tower will be gone within 30 seconds. Yep. And the Browns won the Super Bowl. And that's probably why it's not meant for us to win it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, you know what? We'll we'll get there one day because we, we hey we didn't think the Cavaliers were ever gonna win war or we was gonna see a championship in our lifetime the way the shoe always drops on the other foot um, with this city sometimes. But man, I I, I tell you this, I think it's coming. I think we just got to make a few moves here and there, and I and I think it's gonna come. Yeah, I yeah. think so. I agree. I agree. That's um, why I keep the faith. Yeah. Um. I I feel like honestly, like I like we talked about last week. I just. Feel like the Browns were the best team on paper this year. We just got to figure some things out. Um, yeah. You know, Stefanski is his second year as a head coach, mm-hmm. so it's a learning process you know, for everybody. Just, and it could be a sophomore slump. I mean, rookie quarterbacks and players have sophomore slumps sometimes when you get figured out on tape and maybe you don't know how to make the right adjustments immediately and everything like that. But I think Stefanski is a brilliant mind, a brilliant coach. I, I just think he needs to make adjustments. I think he needs to trust Chubb a little bit more without Kareem Hunt. Um, I, you know, I just got my couple of gripes about Stefanski, but for people to sit back and say, oh, it's time to blow it up, no. no. We're, we're used to blowing it up after two years. No. And this team is not in a position of blowing up. This team is in a position of maybe getting a different quarterback in here because yeah. maybe ba- this is not the right situation for Baker. No. And it's not Baker's not our idea guy, but we love Baker. We will always love Baker. I think at the end of the day, we will always love Baker um, for what he's done for the, for this organization. But as of as of what? November 23rd, 2021 at 618, 619 p.m. at night. Yeah, um, it's time for another quarterback. I agree. It's just time for another quarterback. And uh, it's time for us to go ahead and sign off. This has been Technically Just Real. Eugene, I want to thank you for joining me on this Spotify exclusive again. Thank you for having me. Hey, no problem. You know you welcomed on the show at any time. This is Tyra Jackson with Technically It Is Real, and it has been real. Thank you for listening to the Spotify exclusive. We will be back December 4th. Signing off. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. This has been another edition of Technically It Is Real here on Spotify. I have been your host, Tyrell Jackson, and it has been real. Go Browns, Cavs, Guardians, and Fighting Irish. Thank you all for listening, and see you soon. Thank you.